All right. I am joined here with Cambria Rojas. She is 23 years old in her Jordan year. Yes. <laughs> she works at the MTC as an MTC teacher for missionaries that are incoming, and she's great at it. She likes to read and to do everything else. What else do you like to do? Um, I'm big into movies. Big into you know, movies. Big into music. Um, I like being with friends, being with people. Um, long drives. I'm always in for a nice yes. long drive. Good music. Good music. Come do you on. have a driving music taste? Like oh. a different genre or an artist that you go to? Goodness. You know, I feel Taylor Swift is always, always on the mind. Always on the playlist. On the present. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but um, I feel like when I'm driving, especially long drives, I, I, R&B is kind of my jam. Yeah, gotcha. a little rap, a little R and B, a little rap, a little R and B. Yeah, it just fits the mood, I guess. <laughs> it always does. It all you can't go wrong. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, some cool things. Start off. Mm-hmm. We're gonna start off with the rapid fire segment. Okay. And it's exactly like it sounds. It's short questions that require short answers. Okay. But if you wanna <laughs> give a little long answer, be my guest. I know myself. I'm gonna give a long answer. <laughs> I'll do my best. <laughs> awesome. All right. First question, favorite piece of clothing? Um, I have um, a Clay Thompson jersey and a Jimmy Butler jersey. And they're kind of like pieces of clothing that I love so much I don't actually wear very often. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I like yeah, just yeah. want to preserve them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. One of those two. Or both. Favorite thing to do to relax? Um, probably a good show. Like a good TV show. show. Yeah. Just... With streaming service? Oh, you know, I, I really don't feel loyal to any of them. Um, on my phone, I have Netflix, Amazon Prime, Hulu, HBO Max, Disney Plus. You have to optimize. Yeah. Maybe a little bit more Amazon Prime lately. Lately. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. But, uh, yeah, I don't feel drawn to only one. Gotcha, gotcha. Also, by the way, we need to still watch that movie. All yes. day and a night. No, not all day and a night, but the one with Malcolm X. Yes. Sam Cooke. Please. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. All my, my bad. people call your people. <laughs> <laughs> love, love. Bucket list item. Oh, goodness. Mm-hmm. Um, I just watched a movie with Greece in it, and uh, I think that is it. I want to go to Greece. Greece? Yeah, I don't feel like I necessarily have like a huge travel bug. Um, but Greece, I've always wanted to go. So, okay. yeah. Awesome. Get to Greece. <laughs> cool. Person that makes you laugh the hardest? Oh, goodness. Um, probably my companion, Whitney Palmer. Whitney Palmer. Yeah, we just have a very similar sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I just think she's very funny. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. And last question. Favorite teacher of all time? Oh, wow. Um... I think I have to go with Mr. Biscacci. He was my fourth and fifth grade teacher. I was in his class two years. And he had, like, Christian and Bryce in his class. So he knew our family really well. Yeah. His wife, like, worked in the class, and I loved her. Yeah. They, yeah. They're so cool. I yeah, love yeah. Them. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that ends the rapid fire segment. <sighs> we made it. <laughs> we made it. We're now going to answer a little bit about your experiences with teaching. Okay. Please. So could you give me just a short summary of what you do at the MTC? 
Yeah, so I teach um, brand new missionaries, um, always who know English and are going to an English-speaking mission. Yeah. Um, so a lot of what we do is dive deep in, or maybe not even deep is the word, but just help them get a really good understanding of gospel principles that they will be teaching. Because, right, you can't teach something you don't right. know and understand. Um, I I think one of my big jobs is to, like, connect them to the Book of Mormon and help yeah. them, like, want to study and learn that. Um, we work a lot on teaching skills. So yeah. a lot of what I do is teach people how to teach, um, which has been really fun. I really enjoy that. Um, and then... Um, I think just, I don't know, just love them and look out for them and help them through a really big transition and uh, adjustment is usually the word we used in their use in their life. Yeah. Definitely. Mm-hmm. That's a great summary. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah. What made you decide to want to teach an MTC? Oh, um, I, I've really, maybe not always, but I've for a long time had a love of teaching. Yeah. And specifically teaching the gospel. Yeah. Um, and I remember even in the MTC thinking, like, I could come back and do this. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, like, you know, it's probably a little, like, <laughs> a little over my head. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, just being able to teach the gospel for 18 months as a missionary in Texas was, you know, just so fun. And then yeah. I thought, like, getting paid to do this? Like, that right. is literally the dream. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, just, and actually my mom, like right after I got home from my mission, cause I, I was kind of thinking about it, but I think I was also kind of scared to apply because it's a competitive job in a lot of ways. Yeah. And I was just too afraid to like, let this, like, you know, if it didn't happen, then it was like this dream I had, you know, doesn't work out. And that would have been sad. But my mom pretty much immediately was like, when are you sending in your application? I was like, Oh, I guess now. So, like, yeah, yeah. I think it was two weeks after I got home that I sent in my application. Why do you think she saw that as a good opportunity for you? Um, I think she knows that, like, I really have a love for for teaching. Yeah, yeah. And um, I think, like, I think there's, I don't know. I think she just knows that how much I love it. And uh, I think that I am you know, pretty good at it. Yeah. And, yeah, I think she just saw this as, like, she could kind of see my mind as, like, this is the dream, right? Getting paid to teach the gospel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so why do you love to teach? Why teach? Oh, goodness. Um, All right, here comes a roundabout answer. I'm here for it. (laughs) Um, The first time I ever remember recognizing, really enjoying this was... I gave a talk in in church one day. Yeah. Um, I think I must have been 14 or 15. And um, it was on conversion. Okay. And I remember <laughs> I like used a quote from Remember the Titans. So like, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I just remember enjoying so much writing it. Yeah. And like, you know, just really being able to think about it, ponder it, study it, write it, and then giving it was, like, I, I wasn't, like, even, like, that much on board with. I just really enjoyed the process of, like, thinking and writing through it. Yeah. Um, but giving it, I also did enjoy that. And then 
I remember actually your mom wrote me a note about that and really? just like yeah and she wrote a really just sweet note and like of gratitude yeah and asked me to like you know she was like can you just kind of give me a summary again of what you wrote or give me the actual talk and I just was like really like that just like made me feel so good yeah um and pretty much from like that point on I remember always seeking opportunity like my dad was in the bishop break with your dad and yeah um I was always like, Dad, when can I speak next? And he's like, okay, you just have to come down, you know. Um, but, yeah, I was always seeking opportunities to teach. And I think really more for that, like, first part of just being able to write through things and think through things. I've always enjoyed writing. Um, and then I, I've, beca- you know, began to really enjoy also the part of, like, giving, you know, a talk or a lesson. Um and I think that's just, like, been a thing. Like, the more I've done it, the more I've realized, like, when I'm teaching the gospel specifically, like, that's when I feel most alive and, like, most myself. Mm. Like, I'm very comfortable in teaching, yeah. I really like that thought. Why do you think that is? Oh, goodness. That is a good question. Um, like, what makes you feel those emotions of just, this is me? Is that, would you say that's yeah. fair? This is me? Yeah, I feel like, yeah, I just feel very much myself, very comfortable. Um, hmm. I think, even, you know, not to get super, super personal, but in my patriarchal blessing, it talks about teaching yeah. and being a part of my life. And, um, I don't know. In some ways, it just feels like that's, like, what I was put on the earth to do. Which, like, I don't mean to sound like super intense, but... No, no, no. That, yeah. um, I think it's just, like, A, teaching is one of the ways I feel most connected to God. Um, And then being able to help other people see that and feel that connection with God, which is maybe, like, why, you know, your mom's note meant so much to me, which is now, like, I played a small role and like... Of course not in your mom's like learning of the gospel but right. just in her feeling connected to that idea hmm. I don't know that's a good question yeah, yeah, yeah no I I think it's great you recognize the impact that you have on others do you think the note helped you realize that yeah yeah, yeah that note and then yeah I've received a lot of good feedback on things that I've you know written and when I speak and different things and okay yeah so people give you feedback yeah, yeah, I get a lot of really kind and positive feedback. Kind and positive feedback? Yeah. Okay, cool. So how do you try to become better at teaching? Do you ask for feedback from others? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, being at the MTC is the first time I've ever, like, taught in a professional capacity. Right. You know. Um, and, yeah, I, I think I have done a good job of, you know, I have supervisors who, you know, are kind of in charge of, helping us become better yeah. teachers and I I, I'm, I think I'm pretty good at seeking their feedback and inviting them into my class to observe um, yeah and then one of the ways that I feel like I improve as a teacher um, I I love preach my gospel which is you know, one of the right. tools we use most at the MTC to help missionaries learn how to teach and I remember on my mission just like I'd always say, like, that was my favorite chapter. Yeah. I love cha- chapter 10 and, yeah. you know, the teaching skills. Um, and just being able to see, like, as I implemented them, as I practiced and got better at them, mm-hmm. like, that changed the way the lessons went and changed the experience the person was having. And so, yeah, 
I really, I, yeah, I don't know if I answered your question. No, 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 it did, it did. So, your love of teaching is outside of also just the gospel? Um, or has it been just primarily within gospel teaching? Yeah, it's been primarily gospel teaching. Okay. I don't think I have or would receive the same fulfillment in okay. teaching in other right. capacities. Yeah. So the content is important Yeah. in order to feel the same emotions you get when you're teaching. You know what I mean? Definitely. You have to love the content first. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And did you have any teachers that inspired you to, or you learned from, kind of like Mr. Biscotti, when you're in fourth grade, fifth grade? Did you learn <laughs> yeah. anything from him or anybody else? Yeah, I think, you know, one... I mean, one thing about Mr. Piscacci that I always really remember is just his... I mean, I I knew he cared maybe specifically for me um, because he knew my family. He, you know, taught my brother, so yeah. he knew us well. But, it, it, and, you know, like, I felt that a lot, but I think most of the kids in the class would have said that as well, that, you know, outside of just being, like, this fourth or fifth grade teacher, you know, he cared about his students. Um, I remember moments where he just got really, like real with us yeah you know and you know even being again fourth and fifth grade but like he was a police officer before he was a teacher and I remember him telling stories and like really just like stories of like warning of like being careful you know because he just cared about us outside of that of, of the classroom um I remember my uh my junior and senior English teacher Miss Allen, um, my senior year, that's when Wyatt passed away, one of our good friends, and uh, that was so difficult, and um, she, she was someone I was already pretty close to, but she knew that this was just really difficult, and uh, that semester we were studying Hamlet, which like, you know, one of the main scenes in Hamlet is this contemplation of suicide, and um, it just like became too much for me at one moment and I remember her just like looking at me and seeing that and like she gave everyone work and then she just came over to me and she just like no I don't really know if this is appropriate to say or not but like I love you and I care about you and if you need to step outside or anything like please do and so yeah I think you know teacher and you know I've had a lot of teachers in church who have just been you know so good and yeah. have expressed themselves so well and uh, but yeah, I think I've had a lot of teachers who like beyond just you know the classroom or the material like yeah. just wanted to connect, and that exactly. was important to me. Yeah, those two teachers, one great attribute they had was genuine love for their students. Yeah, yeah. yeah right. Do you think that's what makes a good teacher? Um, I think yeah, to be a really impactful teacher, I think impactful. you have to have that. Yeah, right. So you could be a very skilled or wordsmith as a teacher, but if you don't care, you won't be able to impact them in the same way. Would you yeah, say that's fair? I think that's a good way to put that. Okay. Yeah. So what other things make a good teacher? Or hmm. better yet, an impactful one? Impactful, yeah. Um, um, I mean, I think really like a very important part and maybe obvious part of teaching is an ability to express your thoughts and put it in a way that people connect with. Mm. I think one of the the great teachers in my life who has influenced me a lot is my dad. Um, 
I remember, like, right when he was in the bishopric, like, I got to hear him bear his testimony every so often, like, you know, because I heard that at home, but, like, in a more formal right. way that he had to present it. And I remember one testimony he gave specifically about the idea of, like, we show God love through keeping his commandments, or <laughs> um, he related it to the Princess Bride. Yeah. And, you know, in the Princess Bride, they just talk about, like, when Princess Buttercup asks the farm boy to yeah. do anything, he always says, as you wish. And my dad yeah. made the point that every time he said that, he was really saying, I love you. And so, you know, just that way that, like, with God, if we want to really say, I love you, we say, as you wish. Or, I remember that. Yeah. Time. Right? Like, in, exactly. it was, and I think a lot of people remember that, and that resonated with a lot of people. And yeah. I think that's one thing that makes him such a powerful teacher is he is able to express himself in a way that people connect with. Great. Okay. So, going back to, you know, the teachers you had, Mm -hmm. let's let's go into your past a little bit. Okay. So, upbringing, your background. Did you you enjoy your childhood? Yeah. You did? Yeah, definitely. Okay, okay. I mean, I say, like, we, because I think, you know, because you and we I, were, we were very connected, yeah, yeah in our exactly. childhood. Yeah. Yeah. No, we. Yeah, we had we, a we. we agreed. We. <laughs> but, so, in your childhood, do you think your interests have been the same or different from what they are now? Um, I think. Hmm. I think they've changed a lot. Changed. Yeah. A lot. Hmm, maybe not. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I'm no, 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 I'm like, now I'm just thinking about it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, probably same for everyone. There's some things I was very interested in and yeah. really love, but that, you know, just growing up, you know, changes, you know. I loved soccer growing up. That was something soccer. I played for eight, nine years, something like that. But then, yeah, I wouldn't really say I yeah, care yeah. about soccer at all anymore. Um, but... Writing, I always really enjoyed writing, writing poetry or just writing in general. Yeah, and that's something I think that's stuck with me a lot. Definitely. Yeah. So writing is one that's been. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So writing, what did you do? Why did you write when you were younger? Was it an outlet? Um. That's a good question. Um, you know. Again, my my dad, he is a very good writer. Um. And he specifically loves poetry, and there's a lot of poems that he's written in our home, and I think that may have been what sparked like my first wanting to write poetry, um, which I <laughs> I don't think I'm a great poet. I think I have a couple yeah. good poems, but um, he's very good at poetry. Uh, I wrote a lot of stories growing up. I really loved doing that. Um, and then as yeah, as I've gotten older, a lot of my writing, again, has turned to gospel writing. And, yeah. Um, I don't know, just being able to put my thoughts on paper, because um, I have lots of thoughts up here, but yeah. organizing them, I think that's just a really fun process for me. Yeah. Um, and I think, again, it's like one of the ways I feel most connected to God. Most connected. Yeah. I think God teaches me a lot as I take time to write things down. Definitely. Do you think mm-hmm. your ability to connect is also the same with other people like your dad because you're able to write poetry as well as he does you know what I mean 
Yeah, yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I think that's one of the ways my dad and I have connected. Yeah, is yeah. Through writing, um, when I write things, he's usually the first person I want to send them to, and yeah, he sends me a lot of his writing, and so yeah. And why is he the first person? Um, I think he's been the biggest influence in me wanting to write and yeah. trying to write, um, and I think. You know, like my mom, she's always so sweet, and she'll like, uh-huh. she just loves everything I write. Yeah, <laughs> Anything yeah. I put on the paper, she loves, and which I appreciate. But I think my dad has more of a mind for feedback, and not that he necessarily even gives me like any bad feedback, but yeah. just he sees, like, my mom loves all my ideas, but my dad, like, can appreciate the way. I organize them in the way I put them on paper a little bit more. Structure and the work behind it. Yeah. Because he, he understands it. Yeah, because he goes through the same process a lot yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, you mentioned your dad a lot. Would yeah. you say you admire him? Definitely. You yeah. admire him? Mm-hmm. Okay. Grateful for him? Very grateful. Yeah. Okay. And why, why are you grateful for him? Hmm. Besides him just being a father and providing for you financially or, you know, giving your needs. Giving yeah. Your needs, but what other things... Yeah, I think um, growing up, we butted heads a lot, mm-hmm. my dad and I. Um, and I I think it's because we're very similar. And so, you know, I think we both have a stubbornness to us. Yeah. And, uh, but we also both share a lot of really good qualities, like our writing and right. different things. Um, but I, I don't know, there's a lot I really appreciate about him. I appreciate um, his, you know, being able to see him in a lot of different capacities and mm-hmm. church callings, like he just cares so much and gives so much. You know, like I guess similar to like the teachers I talked about, like, right? More than just being you know a primary teacher, like yeah, he loved the kids that he was with, and I remember him, you know, walking down the halls of church and like you know he was in the seven eight year old boy in primary class class, forever. I felt that love. Yeah, he'd walk down the halls of the church with two eight-year-old boys holding his hand, which I'm like, I don't think, I'm like, what, you know? And they were my friends, and I'm like, you're holding my dad's hand, but they were happy to do it, you know, because they felt that great love and getting to see that. um, He was, like, briefly in Young Men's, and I remember him just, like, really thinking about the young men he was working with, and going to visit them always and yeah. then he was in the bishopric for a long time and with your, your dad right and, yeah yeah um he worked a lot with the youth he like really just has a love for youth and has worked with them so much and that's one great thing I really admire about him I admire uh his uh you know I I think he's very he never tries to pretend to be something he's not. Mm. Um, with that, you know, I've seen, I see a lot of his faults. and yeah. um, As we all have. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he, he repents, and I, I appreciate seeing that. Um, I appreciate, he has this, like, contentment. Is that a word? I don't know. He's very content in very his content. life. Yeah. Which, you know, I think is different than, like, settling for anything. But, like, he just really appreciates the life that he has. Yeah. And I remember even, like, for m- growing up most of my life, he would do a paper route beginning at, like, 3, 4 in the morning. Right. And I, I would have hated that so much. But, yeah. like, he just 
has always really been content and happy with his life. And that's something I am trying to, to find in my life is just, you know, the balance between, like, knowing there's more out there and wanting more for yourself and not settling, but being happy where you are and just being able to, like, see and love and appreciate that. There's a beauty in it. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So he was a big influence in your life. Definitely, yeah. Any other people that influenced you greatly? Yeah. As Um, a child? (laughs) Uh, I was reading some of my roommates, the questions he sent me, specifically the one about nature and nurture. Yeah. And two or three of them immediately said, well, it's nurture for you because you're so much like your mom, which I think is... Too kind of a compliment. Yeah. I don't think that's. <laughs> I'm not quite like. It's a very good compliment. Yeah. Oh yes, but of but course. But I can see it. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> yeah. that. Of course, my mom and just uh, her ability to just love without measure. You know, love without um, limit. Yeah. You know, and specifically her children. And um, yeah, just to be loved by my mom is like one of. Sorry, the great blessings of my life, and um, I mean, I think I've always been teased <laughs> in you know a very kind way by my cousins, by my friends about like my mom like loving me so hard, <laughs> you know, like everyone sees that. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah right. Like I talked to her, at, I always say at least once a day we talk on the phone, and um, growing up, you know, there was a protectiveness to her and. Uh, yeah, of course, as there is to you know, most parents, but yeah. Um, yeah, just her ability to love, like it's Elder Holland gives a beautiful talk about this, but it's just the closest love that I've ever felt to the love of Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's just, yeah, she's had a great influence in who I want to be as a mother, as a woman, as a disciple of Jesus Christ, um, as a wife. Yeah. She loves, she forgives. She worries, and that sometimes, you know, stresses me out. Yeah. I know when I'm going through a hard thing, like, it's not just me. Like, it's her as well. Like, yeah. she is experiencing my same pain and my same stress. Exactly. Yeah. And you want to be around people like your mom. Yeah. That you admire and that love unconditionally, like uh-huh. she does. Have you always been like that, where you try to surround yourself with those kind of people? Um, I... I don't think so, honestly. Yeah. Um, growing up, I think I had a lot of not great friends <laughs> who yeah. just didn't actually treat me super well, yeah. who were super fun. Yeah. But, like, with that came a lot of, like, being hurt by them and, you know, different things. And, yeah. Um, I think it took me a long time to be able to, like, see what was happening and, yeah. you know, want to remove myself from that. Right. Would you say that as a kid you were aware of your gratitude towards your parents? Or did it take time as it did with trying to find people that made you happy and reciprocated love you would give them? Yeah, uh, I I do not think as a child I was super aware of it. And um, <laughs> I think, I, I know from like what I just remember and yeah. also from the, few of the things my parents have told me, I wasn't a super easy child to raise. I was... Yeah. I could be pretty bratty and right. And I mean, part of that is <laughs> I was that was like, okay, well, it's not like that. I'm actually that bad, but my siblings are so good. You know, <laughs> like my siblings are unreal, like just all so good. So I'm like, yeah. In comparison to them, yeah, I'm pretty. Right. You know, like, but in comparison to other people, I'm not bad. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. 
Um, but yeah, I think it did take me, I'd say, I'd say in eighth grade, ninth grade, I finally started figuring things out. Not that I was perfect yeah. by any means, but I think things started clicking for me. Um, clicking for you? Yeah. Other aspects as well? Would you consider that a turning point in your life? Yeah. Um, and um, a large part of that, almost the whole part of that, I would uh, attribute to reading the Book of Mormon. Um, when I was in eighth grade, Whitney was a sophomore, and um, she was in seminary, and they were studying the Book of Mormon that year, and I just remember my dad, like, I felt like I heard it, like, every day. Probably not, but yeah. he would just feel, and you know Whitney, she's, like, very, she gets things done, like, yeah. perfectly, right? Like She's and, on it. Exactly, and so she was reading the Book of Mormon every day for seminary, and I remember my dad just talking all the time about, like, Whitney, that's just so good. We're so proud of you for reading the Book of Mormon every yeah. day, right? And I was like, okay, like, I can read the Book of Mormon every day too, guys, you know? Yeah. And so I started reading the Book of Mormon, not out of the best intentions, but... Um, out of a competitive spirit. Yes, yes. Regardless, it was a good gift you were giving. Yes, and I just remember things changing. Um, and of course, like not, you know, um, like my circumstances in my life, but like just the way I felt every day was changing. And I, I think God really helped me see that it was because I was reading the Book of Mormon, even though I wasn't understanding most of what yeah. I read or, you know, even paying that much attention. But, um, yeah, I just could be, really begin to see that like the study of the Book of Mormon I was doing every day had this major effect on my life. Yeah. And, um, I think that's when things started to click for me in my life, and I wanted to change and be a little bit better. That's beautiful. Yeah. I honestly think that's beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. So, we've kind of been talking about it in an indirect way, but mm -hmm. basically how you were perceived when you were younger. By yeah. your parents, but also by adults. And let's, let's talk about that perspective mm -hmm. of the adult. How do you think you were perceived by adults and your parents when you were younger? Um, hmm. I think, hmm, that's a good question. Again, I do think for a long time there was, I don't know, just a, maybe a brattiness to me. I don't brattiness. know, you know. Yeah. Um, but in that, I'm trying to think how I want to say this, but yeah. um, specifically by my parents, I think they they saw a lot of the cause of it. Like a cause of it was I just had these really, really not kind friends. Like they yeah, really yeah. weren't very nice, um, and I think they rubbed off of me a little bit. I think um, so much of my effort, you know, so much of my energy each day, like going to school, was like put into them and trying to be, you know, whatever, you know, and then I'd get home and have no patience for my family, you know, and I think my parents could see that and they could see, um, that I, that I really just had a love for my friends, even though, you know, they didn't deserve maybe, yeah. maybe all of it, but, um, I think they could perceive that in me, um, that like I did have this, this really big heart for people. Yeah. Um, and so, I think those are like two two different things. 
that my parents perceived in me. And I think, you know, also just, um, yeah, like I was just bratty and that's just kind of how it goes. Being right. the youngest maybe a little bit worked into that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, I, and I think other adults just always saw, I just loved people and maybe specifically my friends a lot. Right. Yeah. Do you think it's different? Um, do you think they perceive you to be different than you were when you were younger? Or do you think it's same, any overlap? Um, how they perceive me now? Yeah. I, yeah, I think it's changed. Yeah, a <laughs> lot. Well, I don't think they see the same brattiness in The same brattiness. I hope not. <laughs> I don't think uh, they do. <laughs> but I think that the idea that, like, love, maybe specifically for my friends, but also for just my family and the people who are close with, them, with me, um, I think it dictates a lot of my decisions in my life and just you know, yeah. the things I would do and want to do. Um, I think my parents, I mean, I think like any parents probably see, um, probably see like my, you know, my strengths better than I do. Mm. And probably back then as well. But right. I think probably more so now they're always encouraging me to do things that I think scare me a little bit but like they just can see that success or see that in me potential yeah potential yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like my mom right the, when I got home from my mission right immediately go apply at the MTC and right okay yeah okay so we'll talk about the perspective of people older than you like mm-hmm. your parents how would you think that perspective is different from the people that you associate with, just your friends, people your age, more in your social circles, you know? Do you think it's different? How do you think people perceive you? Um, I think, hmm, I have like a lot of answers. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I think yeah. those closest to me, um, my roommates and my, my good friends, yeah. um, see that same love that I have for other people and, you know, specifically. Same perspective. Yeah, I think that would probably be pretty similar. Okay. Um, I mean, of course, my parents a little bit deeper because they've seen, you know, not just, like, now, but how that's always right. been with me. Um, uh, but one thing that was interesting, I was just talking about this this one last night, is I, I don't think I always make a very true first impression with people. Okay. Meaning... I think I come off very, very shy when I meet mm. people, um, which I don't, I don't know if I, like anyone that knows me well, I, I know that no one who knows me well would yeah. consider me a shy person. Um, so yeah, I think it takes me a minute to feel comfortable with people. Yeah. And so I think there's probably a lot of people that perceive me in that way, that right. think I'm just kind of shy and then you don't even have a lot to say, which yeah. you know is different. Yeah. <laughs> you know that I talk yeah. about um, But I think, yeah, those closest to me, uh, I think uh, something a lot of people tell me is that I think very deeply. Um, mm. That, like, yeah, I don't know. I just, most things that, like, if I'm going to think about something like movies or music or anything, like, I really think about it, and I... The significance. Yeah. Yeah, I think about the Motivations behind things. Yeah, for okay. sure. Yeah. And, yeah, and similar to, like, the people that I love, like, when I love something, 
I love it hard. Yeah. <laughs> there's love no, it hard. there's not really any like lukewarm things in my life. It's like if I'm gonna love something, I love it hard, and yeah. I think that's something people see in me a lot as well. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Have you always been passionate like that? Um, I, I think so. I think it's something I've just kind of started realizing. Yeah. Because um, I just thought everyone thought about things the way I did and mm-hmm. like love things the way that I did but um I think just pretty recently in the past year so I've begun to see like maybe that's not yeah, <laughs> as yeah. true as I think um yeah so but I do think growing up I can see this kind of same pattern in myself and other things that I really loved definitely okay so we're talking about perceptions of other people mm-hmm. you ever feel misunderstood by others and if so, by whom? Um, hmm. Again, yeah, people who don't know me well, I feel right. like most, I feel like a lot of times misunderstand me. And that, I don't know if that's true for everyone. Because I, I think about people like you, mm-hmm. but I think like, you make a pretty true first impression. <laughs> like, Some people just yeah. throw out there. <laughs> the per- but, like, the person you are in front of someone you just meet and the person you are in front of me who we've known each other yeah, yeah. for our whole lives, I think is pretty much the same. Pretty same, I, okay. Yeah. yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. if you'd say that about yourself, but... I think I'd probably, yeah, I think yeah. it's a fair assessment, yeah. Yeah, so I think I'm misunderstood by people. I think it does take time to, like, get to know me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I don't know how many people, like, truly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think by the people who matter most in my life, I don't feel misunderstood. Okay. Like, I'm a pretty good communicator. Yeah. Um, And so, like, I feel like if there was ever something off or wrong, then I would want to correct it and talk about it with the people who matter most to me. Communication has always been something that's you. Yeah. Have you always communicated your thoughts and feelings with others? Um... I think I've gotten better at it as I've grown up, but um, mm-hmm. I think that's always been in me to want to resolve things and yeah. feel understood and communicate, yeah. Do you think that makes you different? Hmm. Um, maybe, yeah. yeah. I only ask because... A lot of people I know that are vocal people aren't always communicative when it comes to their actual feelings and emotions. Mm-hmm. They mask it with defensiveness yeah. or things that are just aren't productive. You know, they mm-hmm. find outlets for something they really want to say, but they, you know they're not saying the actual thing. They're not getting the root to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but going back to like being different, do you think you are different from other people? Um. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I think the passion that I have for certain things sets me apart a little bit. Um, I think the way, yeah, kind of these same defining things I've talked about, but, like, the way I care about people, like, really to almost a fault sometimes in my life that it's really hurt me the way that I've, like, cared and felt a need to like feel understood you know I think that's hurt me sometimes um so yeah I think that makes me a little bit different makes you different yeah and being understood is an important part of your life 
I think so. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, broad question. How's your Jordan year going? <laughs> you know, it's been it's been a good year. Um, yeah, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's been it's you know it's been a good year. It's yeah. been it's been tough. Um, yeah. Which you know I don't yeah <laughs> I think everyone has just hard parts of their life of right. course but. Um, I've had a lot of fun in my Jordan year. I like really am so grateful for the people that I'm surrounded by. Like I have great, great roommates, um, a few just like really close friends that are still, you know, here in Utah County that I see often and just, um, yeah. So in that aspect, like it's been a great year. It's been a great year. Um, there's been some setbacks just in terms of my you know what I want to do and figuring that out and, yeah uh feeling a little a little stuck or a little, a little stuck. behind in some ways of just like you know progressing towards what I want to do with my life which is <laughs> yeah, I don't know, yeah, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um so that's been a frustrating part of this year um but also just a lot of good, a lot to be grateful for. for a sure. lot to be grateful for. Yeah. Is that how you find satisfaction in your life? Uh, Gratitude? Or would you say you find it in other ways? That's, <laughs> I need to be better at it because okay. I know it's true. I know like the more I focus on the things I'm grateful for, the happier I am. Yeah. Um, I think I look for it in different ways. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think I, I look for a lot in wanting perfect circumstances. Yeah. And so I think, like, that's where a lot of my frustration comes is just not... Yeah. You know, and not that I think I'm unique in this, but, right, like, yeah. that's just our part of life is when what we want and what is happening isn't lining up. Right. And so I think that causes a lot of frustration, but that's, like, the beautiful part of gratitude. It's, like, yeah. things don't have to be perfect in order for you to feel happy and feel you know grateful for what's going on yeah yeah so this future that you had ahead you have ahead of you mm-hmm. do you have fear or hope fear or let's say excitement fear or excitement um <laughs> both of course both of course um, okay I think pretty recently it's probably been more fear mm-hmm. just because just have no idea what you know what it's supposed to be or what it can be what decisions to make yeah okay yeah I, I I'm a sociology major which is something I, I enjoy studying but uh-huh. not something I've ever really seen myself doing necessarily um, but it's like pretty you know like I'd have to pretty much start from like square a you mm-hmm. know or square one whatever yeah. to you know restart something which <laughs> One of the, like the big paradoxes of my life is like, in order to do something I love, I know school's an important part, um, but I really don't love school at all. Yeah. So I'm like not super willing to like start over. Yeah. <laughs> yes, right. Um, I think I you know something I I want to do, and really the only thing I see myself doing is teaching. Is teaching. Yeah. And yeah, kind of like we talked about like any teaching isn't really like gonna be what I'm looking for like gospel teaching but there's just not a lot of options for career in gospel teaching right and so a lot of them are self-made 
Yeah, and so I'm kind of trying to figure out the the process for that, and I'm trying some new things, which has been a fun thing to do, but also just stressful, and, you know, one day I will graduate, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Um, and, you know, there's no more, you know, I'm just going to school right now, so, yeah, know, yeah. like, it's like I have a real job, or, you know, a job is what I need to do, and... Yeah. So, I don't know. It's, yeah. It's yeah. Stressful. A big part of moving on with the future is decision-making. Mm-hmm. Would you say you are a thinker or a feeler when you make decisions? Hmm. I would like to think I'm, like, a pretty good mix mm-hmm. of thinking and feeling. So, what's the process when you make a decision? Yeah. Something I've been, like... I think kind of discovering in my life in the past couple of years is I've always, you know, I've always wanted God to just be like, you know, <laughs> all right, go major in this and then yeah. we'll go and do this internship and have this job, right? Um, which I don't think is really how he wants us to live our lives. Yeah. I think, you know, in giving us the gift of agency, he wants us to become a co-creator in our lives and creating the life that we want. Mm. Um, I think there are paths that he, you know, I I think for some people, yeah, like what they do and what they major in in their career is going to be so essential and like he's going to have a bigger hand in getting them there. Yeah. Um, I feel like every time I've prayed about, you know, before my mission, you know, going into school, I've prayed about what to study and it just felt like, oh, you'll figure it out later, which I always interpreted like on the mission, you'll figure it out. And so... I went on my mission and prayed about a lot, and it, God was just like, don't worry about it right now. Like, you're on yeah. a mission. Just focus on Right, that. right. Like, okay. <laughs> and then I got home, and I prayed about it, and I just kind of felt like the answer was like, just pick something. Yeah. You know, like, just decide on something. And um, so I, I have felt in this, sorry, the decision-making process that, like, uh-huh. it really has become, like, this balance of, like, what do I want to do? And what do I want, what life do I want to create? Um, and you know the Book of Mormon talks about you know I'm thinking specifically in Ether I think it's Ether 3 it talks about like God's going to give us according to our desires according to the things that we want and so I think an important part of my decision making process is really like figuring out what do I want and then working with God to discover like what are the steps in doing that and getting there um, which is still a process I'm trying to work still a out. Still process, yeah. yeah. <laughs> trying to figure it out, but um, yeah, it's it's hard to like you know, I feel like give you my process for decision making because I feel like I've made decisions so many different ways. Um, thinking about my decision to serve a mission, mm-hmm. that was something that God I feel like on my mission everyone like all the Christians I worked with used this phrase of like put on my heart I felt like very early in my life like I remember Bryce leaving on a mission when I was eight years old and I would say like I understood very simply he was teaching people about Jesus Christ and he was helping them uh or just helping serve them and like in my eight-year-old mind like I understood it simply but like I was pretty much on board and it felt like that's when I made the decision to serve a mission at eight years old and I even, like, you know, kind of joke that I forgot to pray about it. Like, I was yeah. in an interview with the state president, you know, days before he was about to submit my application to serve a mission, and 
it occurred to me I never asked God if this was what I was supposed to do. And, yeah. you know, when I did, it was like, yeah. <laughs> like, of course. Right. Yeah, right. So decision-making, I think, has come in a lot of different ways in my life. And so, talking about you right now, mm-hmm. but looking to the future, how do you want to be better? How do you want to grow? Oh my. Um, one thing that I think has been, again, like put on my heart, you know, yeah. in a lot of ways, um, I want to be happy, content, um, at peace. Uh, regardless or independent of my circumstances Um, I think you know I've and this came I think like through a few podcasts I've listened to and different things but yeah I think a lot of our emotions are choices yeah and that like I I follow this lady and she talks about like you know our thoughts create our emotions Mm, I like that and like emotions are what drives us right like everything we do is because we want to feel a certain way here I am um and so her you know her thing is like it's not the circumstance that's making you feel a certain way it's your thoughts around the circumstance yeah and so that's really been something I've been trying to work on for I don't know two three two two years now is like how to control my thoughts so I can you know feel the things I'm seeking for regardless of what's happening or not happening in my yeah. life. Yeah. I think that's a great pursuit. And I, you'll definitely be able to achieve it. We're, we're, <laughs> Thank you. we're working towards it, you know. Honestly. <laughs> wow. Okay, so all of the questions I have asked mm-hmm. have kind of been from the perspective of someone that didn't know you very well. Questions that, you know, anyone could ask, right? Mm. But the last question I want to ask is from my perspective. Mm-hmm. Something I've seen in you is you have a lot of admirable qualities. Lots. Thank you. <laughs> Lots. <laughs> but one I want to talk about is your diligence. Do you think you're diligent? Um, I I think in the things that really matter to me, yeah. yes. Um, and those things being the gospel, the gospel, my family, yeah. people I love, yeah. Your relationships, yeah, with God and the people you love. Mm-hmm. Well, you love both God and, and your family. <laughs> the mortals I love. The mortals. <laughs> yes. The flesh. <laughs> the flesh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you do see that within yourself? Um, yeah. Okay. Do you, do you think that, that may, this is a thing that is, you are different from other people in? Um, yeah, I, I mean... I think other people have that, and right, right, like you know, not everyone else, but the general um, population, though. Yeah, I, I'd say so. That you know, and maybe specifically in those two aspects. Yeah. Because I, yeah, like I admire diligence in like a lot of people in terms of school. Like that's not yeah. something I have, and um, but yeah, I think in those two aspects that would set me apart a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Would you say that there's any other Talking, of, let's talk about interpersonal skills. Mm-hmm. Would you say there's one that you are very good at? And I'm so sorry, I said that was my last question, but this is just one to build off of. No, you, yeah, yeah. keep it in me. Um, I think uh, this is actually someone, something one of my friends told me this weekend. 
Um, we were talking about love languages. Mm. And, again, here's my roundabout way of getting to your answer. But um, my the way I receive love is not through physical touch. Mm. <laughs> I don't actually... Yeah, yeah. I don't like <laughs> being touched very often. Bryce, Bryce doesn't. His <laughs> hugs don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, but I'm good at giving physical touch, mm. which I always like thought was just kind of this like this stupid thing in me that I'm like, okay, I can touch you, but you can't touch me. <laughs> but she just, the way she put it, she said, you're very good at perceiving other people's love languages yeah. and acting accordingly. Yeah. And so I think in terms of like interpersonal things, I think that's one thing I'm probably good at is I see what people need or what they want and Perceptive. I think I, I can, yeah, yeah, I give, I, you know, adjust to that. Wow. Okay. Well, that was the final question okay. I had. Is there anything else that you would like to tell me? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I gotta say this because this is just been on my mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we talked about my parents a lot. Who, right. You know, everyone loves you. Yeah, I, I actually make the joke sometimes. I'm like, you know, all of my, <laughs> all of my friends like me for my parents, and I get it. <laughs> you know, I'm not mad. <laughs> like, they, oh, yeah. It's whatever. <laughs> like they all, yeah. My dad like has all my friends' numbers, and so does my mom. And like, you know, like sometimes my mom, like specifically one of my friends, Cheyenne. You know, it's they talk a lot independent of me, and so it's like sometimes my mom will be like, "Did Cheyenne tell you this?" And I'm like, "No." And Cheyenne will be like, "Did your mom tell you?" And I'm like, what? No. But anyway, so parents love them. Um, my siblings have had a huge, huge effect on my life, um, and in making me who I am. Uh, they've always been some of the greatest role models of my life, and I, I see like in myself, like <laughs> even just like. The music I listen to, heavily influenced by my siblings. The TV shows I watch, the um, the sports I, you know. But yeah. like, aside from all those kind of like small things, um, but who I wanted to be has been a hundred percent influenced by who they are. And so I just feel like if we're gonna like really talk about who I am, like they have to be mentioned as just a major influence in my life. You're not the person you are without your parents. No. That's beautiful. I think that's a sign of good parents. Yes. Good and a good parents. upbringing. Yes, good parents and excellent siblings as well. Beautiful. All right. I'm joined here with Cambria Rojas. <laughs> she likes to teach, to impact others, to love others, and to be close with her Heavenly Father. I'm John Blotter, and this is the conclusion of the interview. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> 54, that was a good time.